Uh, this is Houston. Uh, say again, please. Houston, we have a problem. Okay. Here's the deal. I'm not here to waste your time. Okay? I certainly hope you're not here to waste mine. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Two little mice found in a bucket of cream. Now, you put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. Be water, my friend. Welcome to Unstrategic, the podcast about digital strategy. Hey guys, today we're going to be talking about conversion rates. I've gotten a few requests to go over conversion rates in depth, and I'm going to break down the things I know about conversion rates and the factors or variables that affect them. So hopefully this will be more beneficial in your work. I'm your host, Adam James Lamagna, and today's episode is called Conversion Rates and Strategy. Okay, so one quick note before we start. This is going to be based on website conversion. So it's not going to be based on a funnel conversion, and it's not going to be based on like paid or PPC conversions. It's going to basically talk about overall website conversion. Now, if you're a strategist or an account manager or a project manager at an agency or freelance, I'm sure you've heard your clients talk about conversion rates because... Clients love talking about conversion rates, right? How do we increase our conversion rate? How do we improve our conversion? The website isn't getting the conversion rate that we want. You know, we're thinking about trying this third-party service that guarantees a 20% increase in conversion the first month, and on and on and on. Now, there are two things you need to understand about conversion rates. And the first is that they are dependent on strategy. So pricing strategy, goal strategy, acquisition strategy. And the second is that it's a moving target. Conversion rates will fluctuate dependent on industry, the market, the season, and other miscellaneous variables like citywide events, harsh weather conditions, complementary services that are also fluctuating. So there's a lot of different variables and factors that go into it, and I'm going to try and break that down on this episode. Let's define conversion rate. I mean, simply put, the conversion rate is the percentage of visitors to your website that complete a desired goal or conversion out of the total number of visits to the website. Now, I want to explain something because with any tracking software or platform, there will be different ways to implement conversion rate. We're going to go with how Google Analytics does it because, you know, Google Analytics is a free tool and the most widely used web tracking analytics out there. And Google you'd have to set up your conversions. So these are there's not there's not a default conversion rate out of the box with Google Analytics. It's something that needs to be configured and there's plenty of tutorials online about how to do that. And then there's different ways for configuration. The most common way to configure a conversion is done by a destination type, meaning that users make it to a specific page like a thank you page or a confirmation page and that will trigger the goal being met. And depending on whether or not you have a specific value to that destination page, you can add in, you know, the monetary value, which is either symbolic or actual, right? Again, depending on what type of site, whether or not, you know, you have an e-commerce site or, um, you know, you're trying to do something different like uh, download a PDF. Earlier on, I talked about the factors of conversion rate. 
I'm going to break these down into a few different buckets. So we'll chat quickly on implementation, then focus on factors within our control, factors outside our control, and then manipulation of conversion rates. And then last but not least, I'll touch on conversion rate optimization. We want to look at how we've implemented our conversion rate or how the client has their conversion rate implemented. It depends if you're setting this up yourself or have inherited a website from another agency or freelancer. So Google Analytics, when setting up conversion rates, will use the default total number of sessions, meaning that every session that takes place is an opportunity to convert a user. Now let's keep it on a simple scale, right? If you have 100 sessions made up of 75 unique users and you have five transactions, that's going to equate to a 5% conversion rate because you know five divided by 100 is 0.05 and then you times that by 100 is 5%. That's how you calculate conversion rate. But what if we were to divide the five transactions by the 75 unique number of users? That's looking at a 6.67 conversion rate, which is undeniably better than a 5% conversion rate. So remember to ask your clients when they give you, you know, other conversion rates that they're seeing in the market on whether or not those conversion rates are calculated based off unique users or total number of sessions. Factors within our control is where things start to get a little bit interesting. And the first thing that we're going to look at is our, you know, our pricing slash revenue slash goal strategy. Now, let's say that the revenue strategy is to raise your online pricing month over month by X amount of dollars. But our market and our competitors are only increasing by Y amount. Why would users choose to buy with us? They wouldn't because of, you know, supply and demand, very simple economics. So expect to see a decrease in conversion rate if that's the strategy that you or your client wants to take. But what if our goal is to get users to download a PDF online and we base conversion rates on number of downloads? What happens if we increase the amount of actions it takes to get that PDF download? For example, a common use case would be a user has to enter their email to download the PDF. What if we change that to include their first and last name plus their email? Do we think conversion rates would go up, down, or stay the same? I mean, ultimately, when you put more barriers between your users and the goal, it can become harder to complete. Therefore, you may see conversion rates decrease. But what I would do in this situation is annotate that we change the number of steps it takes to download the PDF or complete whatever goal needs completing and see how that affects conversion rates moving forward. So that's essentially revenue pricing goal strategy. If we change or affect these steps, it can and most likely will change the conversion rates. So still looking at factors within our control, we're going to move over to acquisition strategy. And this is simply how we get our traffic to the website. Because the two things that primarily dictate conversion rate on websites are the transactions or goal completions in relation to the amount of traffic or sessions you have. So if you have an initiative from a client to get more traffic to their website and you start 
you know, blogging for them or, or doing inbound marketing for them, will that increase or decrease their conversion rate? Well, I mean, it could do both. And I'll, I'll give you an example here. Let's say you work with an e-commerce website that sells uh, shaving kits for men, so razors, cream, etc. And their goal is to get more traffic to the website to make people more aware of their product. So you start blogging for them and, and doing inbound marketing. You research keywords, put out some blog posts, and they start to, to gain some traction. But no one's converting. It's actually bringing their conversion rate down because their traffic is increasing but not converting. And that could be because of the type of content you're putting out there for your, your client. A lot of times, blogs and inbound marketing campaigns are great for traffic, but not necessarily great for conversion. Another point to consider would be ancillary or complementary service slash product pages. You could be inadvertently driving traffic to your website because users are really interested in a complementary product or service that's not your main revenue driver. And the point you know that I'm really trying to make is there are things within our control or within your client's control that can dictate conversion rates to a certain degree. But let's look at factors outside our control. outside forces or factors outside our control. One of the biggest ones is seasonality, and it's the presence of variations that occur at specific regular intervals within any given year. Now, if you have a website that's tied to a specific location in a specific region, you will see fluctuations in conversion rates based on the season. For example, uh, let's say you have a car rental business in Florida. Well, we know that the Florida market has a very strong uh, winter presence, and that's because many people from the Northeast flock to Florida in the colder months. So you'll see your conversions increase with the amount of people who intend to move down to Florida for the winter. Now, seasonality, believe it or not, also includes things like day of week. Um, you know, does a Sunday have a higher conversion rate than a Monday? And it totally could. It also includes time of day. Does the morning have less of a conversion rate than the afternoon? All things you might want to consider to help with things like conversion rate optimization. So that's you know seasonality in a nutshell. Now there are other things that are in line with seasonality like harsh weather conditions, but these are a little different. So they, they really should be classified more like events than seasonality. And let's say you work with a drive-in movie theater website just outside Wichita, Kansas. And let's say that they have webcam footage visible on their website of the drive-in movie theater so that you know patrons can see which nights are really busy. Now let's say a tornado sweeps through Wichita. You could get users from all over the nation or the world looking for webcam footage of the tornado and they could land on the movie theater's website, which could bring, you know, obviously tens of thousands of users, but absolutely no conversions. That would decrease our conversion rate by quite a bit. Now, if we bring it back to events and, you know, look at like citywide events in a region, something like March Madness, how would that affect your business or your client's business, their product or service? I mean, if you work for an e-commerce site that sells college basketball memorabilia, you might find that your best time for selling this is in March or right before it. What if we look at things that aren't citywide events, but things that are like online events? Remember when Twitter and Netflix went down with a, a DDoS attack 
and that happened a few years ago. Now, if you or your clients had websites that tied into Twitter or relied on being able to see Twitter feeds, your client's site could have been affected and conversion rates could have been affected. We're still looking at factors outside our control. And the last thing I'll say about this are you'll need to consider miscellaneous circumstances. And it's it's a really tricky thing to look at because sometimes they are hard to spot and oftentimes they can't be corroborated. It, it just ends up being a hypothesized theory. And this could range from political sentiment in a particular country to a news segment that affects your industry to a an environmental scare like the Zika virus of 2016. Now, the Zika virus drastically impacted certain industries in the southern United States, both in positive and negative ways. Websites that had businesses in physical locations in Miami and Texas saw a loss in business and most likely a loss in conversions. But other sites that had information on Zika saw an increase in conversions, especially if their goal was tied to downloading a PDF with more info on Zika. The other thing to look at are reviews. I mean, reviews can drastically affect conversion rates. If you have a poor review on a particular product or service or business, that can have a negative impact. Just like a really great review or a succession of great reviews can have a positive impact. So those are all the miscellaneous things that can arise that could affect conversion rates. You will need to figure out which ones are most influential for your website or your client's website and then start keeping an eye on them. All right, so with everything in mind about outside factors, factors within our control, there's still one point to make, and that is we can manipulate conversion rates if your client agrees to this. And just, you know, just be open about it. The easiest way to see an increase is to calculate conversion based on number of unique users, like what we talked about earlier in the episode. But let me give you some other scenarios. Say you work with a website that only sells clothing in the U.S. and Canada. But because you have such a great SEO program, you're getting traffic from all over the world. Now, you will have to decide with your clients whether or not your conversion rate should be manipulated. Doesn't it make sense that if you can only sell in the U.S. and Canada, that you should be calculating conversions based on only those users and not all users that are coming to your site globally? The other thing that you can do is you can filter out things like ancillary services, complementary service pages, or blog content that's bringing in a lot of traffic but no conversion. Again, that's something that you should speak with your clients about. Give them the option if they want it, but make sure it makes sense for their business. Because once you manipulate the conversion rate, this will become your new normal, and it will still fluctuate dependent on all the other factors we discussed earlier. Conversion rate optimization. Now, with all that we talked about, you can absolutely optimize your conversion rate on the website. The methodology for this largely revolves around testing alternative versions of a page or a process, so split testing, really. But split testing can be difficult to set up and hard to execute. I'll suggest starting with the following list of things 
before moving into split testing. So the first thing that I always do is I'll check, you know, best practices for your industry. And these things will change on a continual basis. So search for this online in whatever year it is, and then read a few different articles uh, based on this. Find the common threads or themes and make sure your site has them implemented. The second thing is develop checklists that are based around user experience. And I mean this not just in the sense of the web user experience, but the user's entire experience before they get to your website. You know, what are the things that they do uh, before coming to the website? What are the behaviors that they have? Will they end up checking a competitor first or the best in business first? You know, will they look at product reviews first? Consider all these points and put together checklists that cover each one of these experiences because that might help you troubleshoot conversion rates and find better ways to optimize for them. And then last but not least, take a look at your content. Is there compelling copy for your users? This is the number one thing that will drive someone to act on your website. Now, it's great to have a really cool video or vibrant imagery, and all those things will help, but ultimately, it's the compelling copy or text that will drive a user to convert on a website. Now, once you have all those things in place and you're still having trouble with conversions, this might be the time to focus on split testing, but that is definitely material for another day and another episode. All right, everyone, I hope you enjoyed my rambling on about conversion rates. There really are so many variables and factors that go into their performance. So I wish you the best of luck when it comes to helping with your clients' conversion rates. I'm your host, Adam James Lamagna. Please feel free to you know, connect with us or like us on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. And thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you guys soon. Cheers. Cheers.